total pastor move. Date yeah. night with the wife, quizzing her about locations. Like, you, don't with go, you didn't even like it. I'm like, I loved it. I, I said, name, name some spots. locations we visited. She said, Mount Sinai. I was like, never been there. <laughs> Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church. I am your host, Justin Pardee, along here with my friend... Stephanie Keen. And we have a very special Valentine's Day episode for you guys. We are hanging out here, of course, with Pastor Matt Brown and your special guest. Yep, the TMB. You brought a plus one. You brought a plus <laughs> one. You're the TMB. I'm his plus one. Tammy Brown, welcome back to The Debrief. Thank you. I think it's been probably 25 to 30 episodes since we've had you on. I think so. We're, the we're glad to have you back here in the room, especially on our Valentine's Day episode. It's going to be extravaganza. Yeah, yeah, Valentine's <laughs> Day. Let's call it a love fest. Mm. Whoa, okay. okay. That's so, unusual. Well, we got we have got all these. Um, what do you call these little sweet candies? Uh, conversation hearts. Conversation. Conversation hearts. This that's a piece. That's a way to take a beautiful Except little ca- all, piece of candy and make it not like exciting text, at all. Um, you call them a conversation. All, what do you call that when it's sweethearts? Like I don't oh, know what this means. T T Y L. Talk to you later. That's How kind of a rude conversation heart to give Things somebody. That, that I'll talk to you later. <laughs> oh, this one says laugh, Justin. <laughs> so fine. Oh, gonna, I can't even read the meaning on these, though, because they're not actual. Yeah, they're, they're not sugar. Well, they're just, they're actual, they're all the, the language the kids use now that I don't I speak. Actually think, <laughs> I actually think they're unloving. Wow. Because you're trying to get somebody. Well, because you give them somebody rock hard plaster with a dash of sugar in it. And then you write on it with red pen. Yeah. Red Here's pen is the universal. Oh, that one says bling. This one says BFF and sweet. This is great. That was great. Give somebody a BFF one. We're going to be best friends. Well, we are not doing, <laughs> we're not doing tough questions from the Bible today. We are doing tough questions about your relationship. It's time to go it's uh, been tough. On, a real, on a real journey, <laughs> on a real journey of love. Uh, and we're going to go through, we're going all over the place. History, all the way up to now. I think we're going to start at the very beginning. Is that right? We are going to start at the very beginning. That's what? a very good place to start. Genesis 1. Yes. In the beginning, God made two beautiful people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. through them, you guys came around eventually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically four beautiful people. Is that, is that true? Well, they don't have the same parents. Adam and Eve? Adam and oh, Eve. you went Adam mm-hmm. and Eve. Okay. I went far more recent. In the beginning. Oh, okay. In the beginning. I forgot about Genesis. The big I mean, not our beginning, but okay. the Stephanie, did you read the Bible beginning. today? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. probably not, clearly. Way to start the day. Yeah. Well, we'll have any of you read the Bible Genesis. today? Uh, yes. I listened to the Bible, four chapters of it. Hmm. That's what I, that's what, I don't know if that counts as reading, does for me on my reading plan. All right, let's jump into it. Let's start all way back in the beginning. Tammy, tell us how you guys met, please. Well, we met um, right when I started college, Cal Baptist. He, I actually remember meeting him. He let me know last night. He doesn't remember meeting me then. He's like, I don't remember you at all then. Um, <laughs> that is not what I said. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what So for said. those of you who don't know, Cal but, Baptist is a college, now university, yeah. here in Riverside, California, California Baptist University. So I um, was moving in. My roommate was on the soccer team, and she moved in early and wanted me to move in early with her so she wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. Matt was on the soccer team, and at that time, only the soccer players were on campus. Mm. So there was you. When did you when did you meet him that he missed? Uh, the whole group of people had hung out for like oh. a couple weeks. That, that maybe two weeks. He has uh, yeah, no record I, recollection of me. Well, I mean, so you know, so th- that time she's talking about, it's when the soccer players are getting back in shape. It's like one hundred and ten thousand degrees in Riverside. There's smog. You can't see the mountains. It's a rough time. And so for athletes, you know, you're you're hurting every day. You're doing two practices a day. So I don't remember. She's sitting in her dorm room. You know, that's looking out the window, you running yeah. around on fields, staring at him, watching me with soccer. my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> the, spring, the sprinklers are coming on while he's walking back to the no, door. No, no, that was like my bionic man, like running, <laughs> not sprinklers. Okay, I feel like I've passed I feel like I've heard you say something along the lines of you had a friend that was li- that liked yeah. it. Was yeah, in yeah, the yeah. That's, how, yeah. that's when he remembers. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so my friend noticed her first. Mm-hmm. So, um, he was not an athlete, so he showed up later, my roommate, and um, we were on a bus uh, to an Angels game. Yeah, like a like a big forty uh, foot long bus. So I don't know what 80, 80, 60 to eighty people on this bus, and my friend says, "Oh my gosh, there's this hot blonde in the back. You got to go talk to her for me." So I did. <laughs> Still talking. I went back there and talked to her. And so years later. we hung out at the game. We had a good time. Um, we talked, and 
you know, I just, I just remember thinking, you know, it was the first time I ever remember just talking to a girl. We, we went, we went to Denny's and talked for literally like till 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, and we talk. just talked, talked and talked and talked and talked. And it was great. And I just really thought, man, wow, I really, I really like that girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she was pretty awesome. So. Nice. Hmm. So what was your first date? Was it that trip to Denny's? Yeah. I mean. I think we would both say that's our first time, like time to hang out together. Just the two of us. Yeah. I remember our first kiss. It was after chapel. We were moved by the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. It's a very, very (laughs) meaningful chapel. chapel. (laughs) Unlike yesterday's chapel that Matt taught at. Oh, that's right. That's so crazy. Yesterday you did chapel at Cal Baptist. Yeah, I think there was a lot of breakups after chapel. I saw one couple in particular. um, Having a hard conversation? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, he said, today we're going to talk about sex, and lots of you are having it out there. (laughs) That was his opener. You see every couple like lean over like, what? That's a weird sound. That's the sound, sound, sound of making that's that That's the sound of awkwardness. Yeah, that's, yeah. that was awkward. That was I think awkward. you hit a home run there. <laughs> but yeah, so we we had seen each other after chapel, and we're sitting on the lawn, Harden Center, Harden Square. I don't know what it's called. It's where all the palm he's trees like, are. Can I kiss you? I said yes. I asked for permission. Oh, so may I kiss what you? A nice guy. Mm-hmm. that's cute. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about dating. <laughs> what would you say was? Probably- we're gonna need a moment. Actually. Oh, sorry. Just kidding. I'll just remember that for a second. Okay. So what would you say was maybe like the hardest thing about dating? You want to go first? Nope. I'll let you. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, it was just immaturity. It was my my immaturity. I just wasn't ready uh, to be in a committed relationship. Um, I just, you know, I just was completely into myself and um, just not not ready. And that's what I would say to a lot of our young people that are dating is you may may fall in love with somebody, but if they're not ready, it's going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to be better later. Because I think I got a little better, but uh, I just yeah. I just wasn't ready. Um, you know, some things had happened uh, prior to Tammy. I got my heart smashed, and uh, that really jaded me. It jaded me a lot towards women. Um, I think that I had a real healthy respect and love for women, and had this girl in high school just completely smash my heart. And um, and if you haven't had that happen, you're lucky. But it hurts, and it's not fun. Um, and uh, I think it jaded me, and it gave myself permission to not appreciate women the way that I did and the way that I was raised. And so I just, I didn't, you know, um, I, I didn't care about Tammy's heart. Like, so I would dismiss her emotions, her feelings. And some of them were a little wacky. I mean, she was 18, 19 years old, right? I mean, 18, 19 year old girls have wacky feelings and emotions, but not all of them were. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, it wasn't until years later, even after we were married where I was like, oh, that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I need to be concerned about that and care about that. So it's just, just a real immaturity and a real selfishness. I would just describe myself as as, as a nice guy, uh, but but motivated by self. So I wanted people to like me. You know, I'm a three. I wanted people to perceive me in that way. And so the niceness, I would say, was very very surface. And so the the intimate, you know, the the people that knew me well got kind of the not mats on personality mm-hmm. and Tammy got a lot of that. And so uh, our dating life really was in, in two sections. So we dated for, you think it was two years when we broke up, right? Yeah. I thought it was, it was like years. a year and a half. So it's somewhere between a year and a half and two years. We broke up and um, uh, for three months. Mm-hmm, December. Yeah, we didn't speak. Mm. And um, yeah, at all. Um, and it's back in those days, you know, you could disappear. I mean, there was no Facebook, Instagram, you know, nothing like that. There wasn't yeah. cell phones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I was gone. I mean, we were separated by, you know, hundreds of miles and, and I was literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, and um, we just didn't talk, but it gave me time to think and clear my head. And, you know, that's when I realized, man, I really, I really love this gal. I, I really care about her. Um, this is, this is the one for me, but I didn't realize that for two years, you know, and, and, I, and I just would say, you know, um, I think Tammy, and she can comment on this, felt very pressured that I needed to feel that she was the one probably way too soon. Like she should have taken it way slower. Uh, and that created an un- unwanted and unneeded uh, difficult process for mm-hmm. us because she was just at a different place. She she was ready to be in a committed relationship, a serious relationship. And I just, I wanted to be with her, but I wasn't ready to be in, in that kind of a relationship. And that caused a lot of heartache uh, and a lot of well, damage. I don't even know that I thought in in the terms of like serious or committed. I think it's interesting to talk about this now, all these years later, especially mm-hmm. as we're kind of exploring the different, you know, personalities. He says he's a three. Um, for me, being the six, the loyalty, 
you know, when we look back about like the hardest parts for me, I'm a six loyalty and fear. I think I, I thought about all the wrong things then. Like Mm. I I just thought about what does he think of me? Does he like me? Is he going to stay with me? Is he going to be loyal to me? Um, What do I need to do to get him to choose me to stay with me? And so I was constantly working overtime to please him, to want him, you know, always thinking of how do I get that, mm-hmm. him to be loyal to me. Um, and I think we'll talk about this a little later, but I, I wasn't thinking serious. I literally was just thinking, how do I create stability or security for what made me feel secure? Mm-hmm. And so the more serious and it caused problems because we, we weren't, I, I wasn't thinking about the right things. Then we get married and I was thinking in a different way, like, I never thought about, do I like you? I only ever thought about, do you like me? And what do I need to be for mm. you to like me? Mm-hmm. Mm. And then we got married and I was like, wait a second. I don't know that I like you, <laughs> you know, and, but that, that's not his fault. That's my, yeah. it was my fault. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to look back of, I was so motivated by, I think getting him to be loyal. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm ready to be serious. I didn't think like that. I just was thinking, I don't know, like crazy 18-year-olds do. Yeah, and we were talking last night. You know, Tammy's dad was great in a lot of ways. He he passed away 17 years ago, 2001. 15, 16. He he passed away in February of 2001, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, Bob was a great guy, but I was asking Tammy, and I said, did your dad tell you you were beautiful? And she just said, no. And that's one of the things I tell my girls all the time, and it's because I believe it, you know? Mm -hmm. Hey, you're beautiful, and hey, you know, and both my girls... um, are okay being alone and single. And I think that that's important because that in and of itself is attractive. And that's what I would say to every woman is the ability to be on your own and not need a guy makes guys want you. I mean, that's just the reality. And so when you're needy and you can't be alone, it makes guys, I don't know, it just don't chase, you know, because uh, love is something where two people should pursue each other. When one is chasing and and one is fleeing, that's, that's a real unhealthy thing. And so you know, I just wish that, you know, Bob, uh, my father-in-law, who's now with the Lord, you know, could have said, hey, you know, you're beautiful. You don't, you don't need him. That's not, you know, you know, and not that they didn't like me or whatever, but I mean, they definitely have some concerns. Um, but just to say, you know, you're okay on your own and you're beautiful and you're mm-hmm. special. And, um, you know. And I, I would say my dad, I always did feel very special to my dad, but we didn't have real conversations. Like mm-hmm. real conversations were not a thing Mm-hmm. For me growing up, which is yeah. our kids have such a, you know, there's such a response to that because they're probably like, can we have less real conversations <laughs> to it? Does everything need to be a real conversation? But, you know, we just didn't have that. And I, I didn't feel this need to always like have a boyfriend. But if there was something I was like, I mean, when Matt first asked me to date, I was like, well, if you want to date me, you're only dating me. Like, I'm not going to be one of 10 people that you're dating. I just was not mm-hmm. like that. I didn't. I just. Yeah. Uh, for those of you guys, as you hear Matt and Tammy talk about the different types of personalities and using numbers and things like that, if you go to debrief.show slash 50, listen to our 50th, ep- oh, excuse me, 50, yeah, episode 50th. 50. Yeah, episode 50, uh, you can hear a more in-depth explanation mm-hmm. of what they are talking about when they use those if, if you're caught off guard. It was a great episode. All right. So when would you say, like, for each of you, you knew, like, I'm, I want to marry this person, like, we're going to do this thing? Yeah. So for me, it was uh, um, in August of 1994. I think um, uh, the OJ trial. I remember that. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Watching this, yeah. You're just watching this white Bronco go across the freeway, yeah. thinking. No, the OJ trial. I mean, that was that was the year when all of that. Or mm-hmm. the trial was the next year, but the the murder that was the biggest thing that was happening. Um, I just remember, you know, cleaning out my drawer. I'd finished up my internship uh, as a youth minister for the summer and uh, pulled her picture out of um, a drawer that I had intentionally placed upside down, slid in the drawer. And I pulled it out and there she was. And it's great. I mean, my wife's very photogenic. She's beautiful in person, but she's mm-hmm. a really great picture taker. So I was just like, oh my gosh, I love this girl. And I just realized then I was just like, okay, that's when I knew I want to marry her. I want to love her. So I picked up the phone, called her and she hung up on me like 10 times. So. <laughs> well, that I mean, he already alluded to the summer. That summer was really pivotal for both of us. I think he learned, but what I, I realized that summer is when we Wait, broke this up. Fo- this photo finding moment was in the middle of the three month summer of it was breaking the end up. Of it. it was the end of that. Oh, yeah. Wow. We, okay. we hadn't okay. talked for three gotcha. months. Um, and that, that summer for me was pretty pivotal because I realized with, like, I couldn't remember what do I like? Mm-hmm. Who am I? I was like, what do I need to like? So Matt likes me, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of a thing, which I think is a real girl. Mm hmm 
situation that girls get through. And that summer for me was a real kind of finding myself. Like I, I don't, I want to be me. I don't want to be whoever I need to be so that that person picks me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, I'd had rejection, like whatever that looks like in high school and kind of stuff. And so that, that made me be that way. But then that summer for me, I got, I had to figure it out. And once you know, that came back, like he, he was ready to come back, but I was ready. Like, no, I, I don't want to live like, like, you know, I was. Mm -hmm. And so, but after that, um, I think we were much better, you know, Mm -hmm. we were just more health because I was healthier. Mm -hmm. I think he he was, you know, more mature. So I was unhealthy. He was immature. I got healthier. He got mature, I think. Yeah. And I remember when we got back together, um, you know, I was so grateful. And I just remember, I just said, you're so beautiful. I love you so much. I'll never forget this moment. I don't know if she remembers it or not, but she said, you'll forget. And I was just like, ouch. ouch. Yeah. Well, and it's 25 years later and I haven't forgotten, you know, that moment. So, um, you know, it just speaks to how I think love needs to be permanent. You know, when somebody loves you, they need to remember the Bible says do, well, I don't know if I can say something. It says, don't forget the breasts of your wife from your youth. (laughs) That's what it says. Don't forget the breasts of your wife from her, from her youth. Um, Remember how beautiful she is. I was physically and, and let that motivate you to love your entire life. And things change, bodies change, life changes, but you need to not forget, you know, those moments when, you, you know, you had that, that young love and not forget that. And that's what I think a lot of people do is, you know, I'm not married to a 20 year old anymore. I'm married to a 40 year old and that's fine. And that's, that's part of the process of growing older and aging together. And I think a lot of our society misses out on that. You know, when you see these dudes that are 60 married to a 25 year old, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not dating, it's babysitting. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, creepy. Yeah. Creepy. So, um, you know, I, I want somebody that, you know, understands kind of the world that I grew up in and the life that I live in. So I'm just really thankful that we've been able to make it together. You know, so years. your two daughters are now going to college <laughs> at the school where you guys met, started dating and fell in love. How are you guys approaching dating and relationships with them? Go first. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's just about um, having real conversations. I think both our girls, so I didn't allow either of our girls to date until they were 18. That's mm-hmm. just a rule that I had. And they what, could like somebody. Yeah. They could, you know, that kind of thing. But like, you can't we're serious make boyfriend. People not have yeah. feelings. But they weren't allowed to date or go out or mm-hmm. be with people. But they, they, you know, they could like somebody and they could like them, but you're not going to date. So, um, and we, and, you know, they pressed the lines sometimes and I had to intervene, but it worked out. And so, you know, now that they're 18, it's something that we've encouraged. So, okay. It's it's the time to begin that dating process, and what's so funny is it's something that they wanted so bad, and up to eighteen, and then when eighteen came, it was like okay, and they were like whoa, you know, this is a little intimidating and a little scary because dating is a scary process, and so just talking about you know reminding them they're beautiful and you know they need somebody. Uh, I just think it's so difficult to be a woman nowadays w- with image and you know um, so you know my daughters pressure. are beautiful but they're not runway models. That's not what they look like. Um, you are to me, girls. Yeah. So. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just ridiculous. You know, um, even the things we, you know, we say to girls when we mean, you know, you're the most beautiful woman in the whole world. And it's like, you're just beautiful to me. You're the one I want, you know, could, I mean, it's so sad that we feel like we even exaggerate when we're being honest. It's Mm. like, come on, you know, I mean, I'm not the most beautiful man in the whole world. I mean, I get that. I got it. Yes, you are. (laughs) Okay. Someone's lying on the show. Um, but so just letting them know, man, it's it's okay to have your body. It's okay to look the way that you look and um, all that stuff's fake. And so find a guy that wants a real relationship with a real woman who has a real body and, and, and wants to, to live a real life. And, and I think that there are men out there that want that and we got to find those guys. And you might have to wait a little longer, but that's fine. And, um, you know, it's, I just care so much for their hearts and I don't, I don't want to see them be brokenhearted. And I think less dating is better. I don't, I, some people say, oh, you need to date around. And I just think, no, you need to be more picky about who you date. So, so figure that out. Um, really, really develop a friendship because, um, you know, sexual passions, um, twist how a guy will behave or act. So, Mm -hmm. so make a friend, find out how he is, you know, in that process. And, you know, do you enjoy spending time with him? Because that you're going to spend a whole lot more time with the person than you are, you know, being sexually intimate with the person. I mean, it's, 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 you can't even compare the amount of time that that, you know, um, equates. And so find that person. So, you know, just pressing into them having open and honest conversations. It's okay to be single. It's okay. 
uh, to like guys and then not have them like you. I mean, that's an okay process. Um, and just keep encouraging them. And, and, you know, Tammy and I aren't perfect in that, but we love them. And it's scary. I can tell you as a dad, it's, mm-hmm. I thought it was scary. Um, and just so you know, ladies, guys are scared too. Like, unless they're dirtbags. Dirtbags aren't scared. But like a real guy is afraid. He's intimidated. We're just as scared of you as you are of us. <laughs> That's the way that it is. Um, just just know that as a parent, I think it's even more frightening. Hmm. Um, because I'm more aware of what's at risk. I'm more aware of what's at stake. I've been married for over 20 years. I know the ups and the downs and I realize how badly that thing can go. So um, listen to the people that love you, mm-hmm. listen to the people that care about you um, and, and don't say stupid things like nobody knows him or her like I do. Because everybody sees the same person. The only difference is you're blinded by your love mm-hmm. and, you know, and those things are gonna come out, you know, uh, and one of the things is, you know, I talked to Cal Baptist and, and Tammy and I uh, came up with this idea together just that, you know, religion doesn't matter in dating, but it's everything in marriage. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Well, because you can you can have a great dating relationship and connect on that level. You have no idea, you know, like right now, Stephanie's getting ready to get married. She thinks, you know, she loves Tyler and, you know, they're so close. She's, she's and, pretty sure she loves Tyler. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty sure. And so, well, what I mean by that is, I don't know, I don't, I can't imagine loving him more. Mm-hmm. But when you get married, the whole thing changes. Everything is more intense. Everything mm-hmm. is amplified. Um, all your needs, your desires, your insecurities, all of those things get bigger, not smaller. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you need religion to hold you together. Um, because even in marriage, you have insecurities. Oh my gosh, are they going to leave me? Are they not going to love me? Are they not going to work this thing through? And, and religion, at least for us as Christians, right? It's that glue that's bigger than us that holds us together when when we individually would want to tear it apart. So God has been there. Yeah, when you're dating, you know, you're just so excited about each other. Like it's all mm-hmm. honeymoon and everything. And you can find complete compatibility outside of any kind of spiritual conversation. I don't think that's true when you're married. If you want to have a good marriage, I mean, people stay married and, and they can yeah. stay married in a loveless, a lonely, all that kind of marriage. But if you, I mean, this is your one real life. That's how we kind of look at it. And we want it to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, I mean, I could say, Matt, I'm sure would say the same thing that we wouldn't be together if we both didn't have a spiritual depth to us that mattered because the times when our marriage was the worst and we wanted to leave each other, you know, at that point we had Madison, we got uh, pregnant about six weeks after we got married, um, not planned. And we would both say that's the best thing that ever happened to us because we cared so we each cared totally and completely about ourselves then. Mm-hmm. Um, but we cared about her more mm-hmm. and what this meant for her and, and God in this for her. And so I think our devotion to God was all that kept us mm-hmm. so many times in our marriage after, you know, and, and that's the thing is that you don't care about that. You think that'll come. I think a lot of dating people thinks, Oh, we'll get, we'll get that after we get married. We'll, we'll grow. It doesn't happen. Like mm-hmm. that has to be, I think that's kind of our thing that we're really passionate about right now is is with dating couples is you have to have spiritual conversation. And that's what I'd say with our girls in dating is a couple things, you know, community is so important. Like mm-hmm. what do you what do your friends think? Don't get rid of your friends for this one certain person, which Absolutely. we both did. Mm-hmm. So when we broke up, I had nobody because you know, we became each other's only friends. How important community is. And how important spiritual conversations is it? Like, if you feel awkward having spiritual conversation when you're dating, yeah. you know, you're not ready for marriage mm-hmm. and it's not going to happen. If you can't start weaving in spiritual praying together, hey, what's God teaching you? Having that language of, I really feel like God's talking to me about this, being open about that part of you when you're dating, it's not going to happen when you're married. It's going to feel awkward and there's going to be a real separation there. It's hard to have girls. It's hard to think about their dating and them getting brokenhearted. Um, you know, one of the girls has experienced that and it, it's been hard to navigate, you know, because when they hurt, you hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, but to, to help them to learn, you know, what can you learn from this? What have you learned about yourself? I would say um, she's learned a lot about herself, things that she likes in somebody, things that she liked about herself in that, things she needs to grow in. So there has been that, but it is interesting to see both the girls at Cal Baptist now where we were, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing some of the same events there that we went to, the barn dance, you know, all mm-hmm. the same things. Um, but I think that we, you know, we have raised our girls in such a reaction 
to how we were, Mm -hmm. you know, we talk about the hard, uncomfortable things, which at first they hated talking about. This is awkward. I don't want to talk about it with you. But we decided early on, we want to be the people they trust. Mm -hmm. And if that means us being, I mean, there's been conversations with our girls growing up about dating, boys, sex, everything. We're in the moment. We have like game face on, like, here's how we would talk about that. They leave and we're like, oh my God, can you believe we just talked about that? You know, but to them, we're like game face. Um, Cause you know, Matt, Matt will always say like, I want to be the one they believe. I don't want them having this conversation with all of their friends who have the same collect, you know, what do you say about the collective idiots? Yeah, I don't want them, I don't want them going to camp stupid for their advice. <laughs> you know, and so we, we, and I think now over time, they do. And, and we've lived in such community. I mean, I can't push community enough here mm-hmm. because we've lived in such community that we have people in our life that if there have been things the girls haven't wanted to talk to us about, they've gone to my friend Lori or mm-hmm. my friend Sandy or my friend Jamie um, to talk about my friend Pam. You know, they go to them. And because we're careful about our community, I trust anything any of those women would speak into my girls' lives. Yeah, totally. And so... You know, I think community is so important and real, like just being able to have the hard conversations is so important. Yeah. And if you're the person who says, well, I don't want anybody telling my kids what to do, then you got the wrong friends. Mm-hmm. So, cause you mm-hmm. need, you need a community to speak into your kid's life. Cause there's just some things, you know, that my kids can't learn from me. They have to learn from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's just the reality. So Pastor Matt, when did you pull the trigger and uh, get this girl to agree to marry you? Um, we did it, uh, let's see. I, I had a job. I was the youth pastor in Huntington Beach um, for, I don't know, how, I'd been there maybe six months. And uh, I asked her to marry me at Mission Inn here in Riverside. Me too. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have to go to there together on a mandate and we'll show each other where we proposed. <laughs> we'll do it. That but, um, fun. Yeah, it was cool. So, you guys uh, have fun with that. <laughs> it was fun, man. I'm really glad that we did it there. It was a neat place. And, um, you know, we didn't have anybody filming it. We didn't invite anybody. It was just between us. And... Uh, I was really, really glad and um, I'm just grateful. So that that's what we did. And she said yes, and it worked out. And um, she did lose her wedding ring though. I got to say that. As have you. I've we lost both, five wedding we rings. We both lost our wedding rings. <laughs> yeah. We just I will say though, my five wedding rings did not cost as much as her one wedding <laughs> ring. So I will say that. That's no, I'm a, I'm a surfer, man. So my fingers, when I'm in the ocean, my fingers get cold and I forget to take the ring off. And it literally, I've watched like three wedding rings fly oh. as I'm sw- paddling out. And to be to my credit, I didn't lose my ring. He no, bought you're... me an, an anniversary ring on our five year, and I was wearing that. And I had had my engagement ring off, and one of our toddler girls took mommy's special ring into the yard, which we never found. So. Buried, she buried it as treasure. But I didn't know for months that it was not there because I'd been wearing mm-hmm. the other ring. So we just celebrated twenty years. Well, last year it was twenty, and so I got a new ring from our twenty. Nice rings. I got three bands, one for each of the kids. Speaking of getting rings, Stephanie, you just got one. I did. So, yeah, so coming from someone who's engaged and you guys have started talking about some of this, what advice would you give to anyone who's like engaged about to get married? Like, what's the, what's the thing? Um, I think I, I mean, it's almost the same thing I just answered to have really real conversations. Matt and I never once talked about, do you want to have kids? How many do you want to have? And it wouldn't have mattered because we got pregnant twice without trying. Yeah, how do you compromise between <laughs> one and zero? Yeah. <laughs> um, working, staying home, um, develop a pattern right now of what you want, like your spiritual connection to be, like commit to praying together. Because, you know, most people have such a hard time praying in front of their spouse. Like it just feels so vulnerable and, I don't know, embarrassing in a weird way. To, to work through that, to pray for one another. Um, years ago, Matt and I started praying for one another. He'll pray over me, for me. And it, it really does just give you a heart for that person to mm-hmm. develop that rhythm together of, you know, here's what's going on in your world. I'm not just caring about what's going on in mine, but I'm caring about what's going on in yours. I'm going to pray for you. But I would say that. And then doing fun things together, like finding similar interests, because which, you know, this is about being married, but a lot of people say like, how are, how are you guys okay? Which maybe this is a question later. I don't <laughs> remember um, for so long. And I would say we're, our marriage is the best now that it's ever been. And part of it really is just time and maturity. 
Because when you, two people, you know, I was all about me and here's what I wanted. He was all about him. It takes a while to become one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have sex that you're not like, oh, we're the you know, same magical one. <laughs> yeah. I think you actually realize how different you are mm-hmm. once sex, like having it or not having it is not an issue anymore because you can have it whenever, however mm-hmm. you want. Now it's like, who are you? Who am I? There's something about time and maturity that that really weaves into having a, a really good marriage, but making sure that you're doing things that are both of your thing instead of just my thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he has his Iron Man that he does. I don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, I have skiing. Now he snowboards to ski with me. I'll ride a bike to be with him. Like, f- like doing each other's fun things, but then finding what's your oneness thing. Like, here's mm-hmm. the things that are us. So really- Yeah, if it, you don't grow yeah. together, you grow apart. I would say this for engagement is start- um, embracing the stress together because marriage mm-hmm. will be stressful. And so mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times in engagement, the woman carries it all, all the planning, all those things and pushes the man away because, well, this is just what women do, but you need to work on, you know, it, dealing with these financial decisions together. And the mm-hmm. guys, right. I mean, who cares what color the flowers are or whatever else, but <laughs> you can work through, Hey, look, this is how much money we have. We need to, we need to make this decision. Where do we live? What do we want to do? And having those conversations because that's great practice for marriage. And that's the reality is a lot of marriage is business decisions. It's relational problems. It's partnership. And so, you know, in the engagement, um, work through all of those difficult things so that when you are married, um, you know, sexual intimacy is just this beautiful bonding thing that's a plus and you're already used to navigating the difficulties because your honeymoon's not going to go the way that you want. And I mean, I could tell, I know you, I've told you stories about honeymoons and uh, I mean, our honeymoon. <laughs> honeymoons? Yeah. About other honeymoons. People's. Honeymoon, other people's. Yeah. I mean, Tammy was deathly ill on our honeymoon mm-hmm. for like four three days. or four days. Yeah. I mean, just mm-hmm. crashed out because she did everything herself. We didn't work out the issues. We fought about things rather than, you know, enjoying them together and it was just stupid. And so we didn't enjoy the honeymoon because um, she was deathly ill. I mean, like could not get out of bed. So, um, Or the wedding really. I mean, that's what I would say about engaged couples is you really need to be thinking about the marriage, less about the wedding. Like the wedding's a day, the marriage is a lifetime. And I see so many couples so consumed with the day. And then as soon as the day is over, they've got nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're they're shocked about where they're at. So I mean, and to to enjoy the day, but really, I mean, I hardly remember our wedding at this point. But I remember our life. Mm-hmm. I remember breathing. I literally, <laughs> I, I remember standing on stage. He did like, this like pufferfish <sighs> thing. <laughs> the video. <laughs> I was so worried I was going to pass out. <laughs> it was so oh my so stressful, man. It was. Yeah. It was very stressful. You were stressed. She I dyed her hair pink or red or oh what color gosh, was it? I don't even know. Oh, strawberry. Blah, strawberry, blah. which I actually- Accidentally. I kind of thought, okay. I thought, I thought I it was hot. It, 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 was, it was cool. So she was like in tears. It. She's a wreck. She thought she looked terrible. I was like, you look great to me. So it's like, that's oh, so I married a redhead. All right, let's roll. Um, a versatile woman. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's the thing is, is the things that you think matter so much don't, man, that don't, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's been my advice to you. Spend mm-hmm. less money on your marriage, go buy a house. That's what mm-hmm. I wish we would have done, on you know, just, you know, um, I'm sorry, spend less money on the wedding, <laughs> more on your house because you're going to, you know, spend that time, you know, together. And, um, you know, we, 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 we paid for, you know, cake and desserts for a lot of people we didn't even know. So mm-hmm. it's weird how weddings are now. It's like this, like big, hugest extravaganza like mm-hmm. this is the pinnacle of your life and it's it's really i think sets a lot of couples up for such failure because after that it's just downhill <laughs> you know if it's this big thing um yeah I, th- I think that's kind of flipped and so that's what i would say is is make it a special day that's fun um focusing on the fun of it uh and then really be thinking about what you want your relationship to look like so you guys have already alluded to hardships and things like that that came up in your marriage. Oh, yes. Let's talk about let's talk about that. What are what have been some of the hardest times for you guys? Well, right off the bat, we got pregnant. We had no money, no jobs. Mm-hmm. We didn't like each other. All right, not no big deal. Yeah. No, but I I don't know if you want me to share this. They can edit this out. <laughs> but the, the hardest time was Tammy got on some birth control in the nineties oh called Deprovera, which Depo. they now, Depo they have now find found out makes women crazy. 
Um, we found that out yeah, years we dis- ago. Yeah, we discovered that when my wife was levitating <laughs> five feet in the air, you know, like d- summoning the demons from the deep. I was like, what is going on? So it was crazy. I mean, like they don't they don't give that, or at least in that form to women anymore because it literally, I mean, women like killed their husbands and stuff on that stuff. It was crazy. I almost killed Matt. That's yeah, crazy. So, um, you know, th- those were hard times, you know, the hardest times for us. And again, go back to the, we never had a conversation about, okay, you want to be a stay-at-home mom. We never talked about that one time. So we got married. I'm going to plan a church. I make no money. The church, literally the finances sucked so bad. Um, and she, she, Tammy actually made more money than me for the first four years of our marriage. It wasn't even close. So she thought I was lazy. She thought I didn't care. You know, all of these things. Well, I was going to work all day, every day yeah. and then coming home and we had two babies because I could not get pregnant. Yeah. Apparently. I married fertile Myrtle, dude. You look at her. She <laughs> pregnant. I got pregnant on birth control. Yeah. That's on great. depot. So yeah. Uh, I was crazy. crazy and it didn't work. So there was that. It was a double negative. So, you know, we just, I, I think those were the hardest times. And, and so, you know, the ministry component adds something that nobody else feels. So, my marriage not only affects my relationship qualities, but also my employment. Yeah. And so that's like, you know, and if you're a if mar- uh, married couple that's in ministry, you know, you just have to understand the double whammy that's on the person that's in ministry because they can lose their job. I mean, it's not, it's not just, oh, my marriage broke up, but oh, now I can't, I can't pay the rent and I can't eat. I can't, I mean, it's just, it's, it, the stakes are so much higher. And so for us, it was just so, so difficult. And, um, you know, through that process, through those difficulties, through those fights, um, you know, uh, we just we just were real with each other. And the biggest fight, you know, we ever got in, I remember, um, I don't remember what happened. I think we had gone to take uh, Christmas pictures, which are dangerous. So, <laughs> oh you know, goodness. the kids were terrible. The terri- fights on Christmas pictures. The kids days. were terrible. They were awful. You know, they don't pose. And you're trying to write, yeah. put out this fake picture of you and your How family. Happy you family. Are. And uh, we got in this huge fight. I ended up walking home. From, from Tyler Mall from to Tyler Woodcrest. Mall. I was that mad. Oh so, um, you know, we got home and, and so the fight continued. And at, one, at some point she's locked herself in the bathroom. She's crying. And I'm on the outside of the bathroom yelling. I can't remember what. And I, I finally, these words came out of my mouth. I'm like, how is it everyone in the world thinks I'm awesome? I said this. This was like a little <laughs> moment. How is it that everyone in the world thinks I'm awesome, but you don't? And I hear this little whimpering voice because nobody knows the real you. And I was just like, <laughs> so that was a defining moment, I think for both of us. And it was just like, you know, I kind of went off and prayed and God, I just really began to learn in that moment. Okay, I got to, I, I had new uh, Luke nine twenty three. If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me, which means die to yourself. It was, it was only in that moment where I, re- I fully realized, oh, this is what dying to self means like. Mm-hmm. And we had a great talk and we began to pursue each other and, just really re- recommit our, our relationship. And, um, you know, God, God began to answer. The church began to grow. Uh, we were able to buy a house. Things happened. God provided. It was absolute miracle for us. I mean, um, and so, you know, we had financial stress. We had relational stress. We had babies. We had babies. Uh, then Tammy's dad got sick. He got cancer. Um, it was really, really, really challenging. Um, you know, then her mom really quickly got remarried when he, when he died. We we just we just had real challenges, um, and then her sister moved away. I mean, it was it was crazy crazy times. But all of that, what it did is it really helped cement us together. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say those early years of our marriage, we were still so individual, and I was close to my family. They were my family. Matt was my husband, but not necessarily my family. I didn't trust him with me, which was interesting now, like learning about the need for safety and security and all of that. My family was safe to me and being near them made me feel like, well, if this doesn't work out, I'll go Mm -hmm. home. My dad will take care of me. Um, And when all of that fell apart, it was this weird, there was a lot of tension, but there was this weird, um, as Matt began to lead, and, and I don't know how this works into it, but I would say somebody has to go first. I think that husband going first is really fantastic because it's leading spiritually. But as soon as the more Matt began to die to himself to, he would apologize first. And I'm not saying he needed to, or well, because he was wrong, he should have, but he would do it. The more he did that, that I would let my guard down more. Mm-hmm. And then, which would make him feel safer to, which would make me feel more secure. And the more we started meeting in the middle, I mean, now it's a pretty non-issue, but 
somebody has to go first to grow, to change the relationship. He did it, luckily, and I'm so grateful um, that he did. Because the more, like I said, the more he began to, I don't have to be right. I don't have to make this a fight. I don't have to criticize. The less I felt a need to be defensive and be on my own and stand for myself and not, and it, it just, I don't know, it worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would say for me, you know, um, I mean, people listening and you watch me preaching. I mean, obviously I have gifts that God has given me, gifts of persuasion, uh, gifts of communication, fairly bright, right? Those are, those are good qualities until you get married. Um, because when you fight uh, and you argue, um, I could win the argument and lose my marriage. And um, in the end, it's not important about who's the more gifted communicator, who's the more persuasive person, who's more passionate. What's important is the marriage and submitting one to another as unto Christ. And so I had to learn to which I think I've also had to learn this in ministry. I, I see a lot of pastors that use their physical gifts and talents to manipulate people. And I don't do that. I just refuse to do that. I want the Holy Spirit to be involved and connected. And so I, I'm, I must become less so God can become more in that process. And the same thing had to happen in our marriage because I could win the argument, but my wife is devastated, absolutely devastated. And the truth is, you know, she was working a full-time job caring for two kids that she didn't get to stay at home with. She was dropping her children off at a house. She didn't want to drop them. I mean, things were really, really difficult. Her dad was sick. Um, things were really, really bad. And I needed to really start listening uh, to her more. And um, for me, um, I, I think this was huge. I met a guy by the name of Phil Busby. He's mm-hmm. no longer with us. He's with the Lord, but he pastored a church in uh, uh, here in Riverside, California. It's called Bible Fellowship of Riverside. Um, it's now called Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a small church now, but it was a pretty big church in Riverside back then in the mid nineties. And he started discipling me every week. And um, he, he and his wife had a pretty passionate relationship, which is good you know, uh, for lovemaking and challenging for communication. So uh, their relationship was a lot like Tammy and mine. And he mentored me one hour a week, every single week for two years. Mm. And, you know, I could come to him and say, I just don't know what Tammy's problem is. You know, I think she's crazy. And he's like, well, and then we would unpack that. And I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. You know, and I, I can't tell you how many times where I was like, and that's what just really helped me to realize what Tammy's expressing is her emotions in a way that feels safe. And so what I need to do is create a safer place for her to more clearly articulate her emotions so it doesn't sound so crazy. Um, and, and he just really mentored me. And so I just would say that again, get an older couple that loves Jesus, that knows Jesus and get them to mentor you. I know it's super cool to be in a small group with everybody's your same age, but they're, they all know as much as you do, which is not always mm-hmm. enough. So when he started doing that, man, I would say that was the turning point for us is it began to change me. And he... I knew that he loved me. I knew that he loved Jesus and he challenged me and it just helped me mature and it helped me grow and uh, helped me be a better person and it helped me listen. And so um, a lot of guys haven't had that intentional mentorship, but so getting a, you know, a, a men's group, getting a, a women's group, get somewhere where someone can just say, you know, if you're a gal, sweetie, you know, your husband's not gonna be Captain Romance every day. You need to suck it up because I think women have you know, uh, unhealthy expectations for what a man is supposed to be. It's just ridiculous, you know? Uh, and men, right? I think that's pretty obvious that we think, you know, our, our wives are supposed to be, you know, these physical specimens, you know, that look like these things that we see on magazines. And it's just, and, and to behave and operate like that. And it's just, the, the, the world's advice is so bad. It's so Bad. Well, that's what I see happen with women. And I, I tell women this all the time is if your girlfriends, when you're upset with your husband, if they're like, yeah, he is a jerk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's bad news because all mm-hmm. that does is flame of fire. You need to have, which, you know, Sandals is birthed on being real and having community, having someone that, because if Matt and I are doing our marriage on our own, when we have done it on our own, you know, there's that secret place in you, that real place where you're going, we shouldn't be together because it's hard. Mm. It's not just working. It's not magical. You know, uh, it must be wrong because it's not easy. Because and I and so that's when people, most people hit. You know, the eject. When you're in community with other couples that you love, respect, know, love God, and you're saying, "Here's our stuff," and they're like, "Yeah, that's hard. We've done that." And here's how we met. You're like, "Wow, mm-hmm. it's not us, just us. We're not wrong. Maybe this is how it is. Maybe bringing two people together." 
is hard. Maybe life can be hard and messy. And But if you're left to yourself and you're never being real with other people, you think you are broken. When you get in community and you share your stuff and you're like, oh, other people who are good people who love the Lord have the same kind of things. Like maybe this is just life, you know? And that's why it's so important to be able to share real things. And, and it really takes... Um, some of the power out of the hard things and unless you see it's just life that maybe mm-hmm. because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong or it's broken. Yeah, I think also one of the challenges was, you know, I saw my parents fight and they worked it out and Tammy's marriage growing up, every conflict led to the conversation of divorce. And so someone would mm-hmm. leave, storm yeah. out. And so that's what she was used to. So whenever we would have disagreements, Tammy's go-to, and this is why it's so important, you know, that eventually you take this, self-assessment uh, class that we're going to offer at the church because who you are as a child and how you survived in your family of origin determines how you're going to operate in your current marriage. And so mm-hmm. Tammy's family of origin, people fight, somebody leaves. There's always a cost to to disagreements. And so Tammy's a six. Yeah, every, every fight we had, my was fear was it's the begin- this is the beginning of the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I'll never forget. And I mean, uh, I remember one time in particular, Tammy and I, one of our big struggles was who who, t- who, t- who watches over the finances. So for the first, would you say 10 years 10, you did? Yeah. First 10 years. And Tammy's just terrible at like, she's just so frightened it with money and bills. And there's something <laughs> about stress. writing a check and money leaving the account that it's like, we do this every month. So mm-hmm. she's worried. So we went to counseling for like, what, two years. Mm-hmm. And finally, you know, the counselor's like, you need to trust Matt with the money. Um, and so in her family, um, you know, they weren't always clear. Like I remember her dad, he always had his own money. Like he, he had a little stash. Well, I'm going to pay that for this or that. And, and so it was just weird. And they, were, they had a good relationship, but it was just different. It wasn't, it wasn't the way that I thought it should be, um, which is weird because now my parents are older and they have their own money, which is weird. Like it wasn't that way when I was a kid. So, you know, we share our finances together. We, you know, everything's together. But the, the big issue was she had to trust me. She mm-hmm. had to trust that I wasn't going to bankrupt us. I wasn't going to screw up or make mistakes. Um, and, 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 and it's amazing how much that's helped her about not panicking, um, mm-hmm. you know, about money. It's like, okay, we're going to be okay. I mean, it does help that I make more money now. That, that, that helps um, from back then. But, you know, those are just some of the issues that we, we had to work through. And, and just know your relationship will have unique challenges. Every relationship does. Mm-hmm. Your relationship might not have as many challenges as Tammy and I do. We're both... Uh, I think very challenging people. I think. <laughs> That's what I, someone was talking about. And I'm like, I don't know what we could say to do, but I could tell you everything. Don't do it like this. Don't do it like this. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. So but here you, we are. Yeah. When would you say you guys really hit your stride like, and gotten to a place where you're like, oh, I think we know what we're doing a little better now? Yeah. I, uh, well, I, I think when we read that book, uh, Severe Mercy, mm-hmm. like maybe 10, ten years ago. Um, and, and that just really helped me because Tammy and I are very, very independent people. Uh, and we kind of do our own things and, you know, come together uh, for periodically. And so that book just really helped me to realize, okay, I need to do some things that she does. I need to, she needs to do some things that I do. Um, and and that really helped us, I think, hit, hit a new stride and and being apart and and being together. That, that was really, really huge for us. Um, and that's not to say that we don't have blowups, but n- not very often. So, um, you know, whereas we, I would say our relationship was very, very contentious. And it's not that we didn't have good times. We had great times. I mean, I love Tammy tremendously. Um, if you've ever seen We're the movie, strong yeah, if you see the movie Notebook, there's this scene in the movie where they're <laughs> arguing and he goes, this is what we do. And I was like, that's the Browns. So, um, you know, but they loved each other deeply. And that whole movie is about him writing to her about his love at the end of her life and how passionate it was. And uh, I hope and pray that that's Tammy and I. Um, and so... Um, you know, get in community group. Also, here's one of the things, you know, you, you, you talk about this is um, what, what, what really hit your stride. When I started to get a consistent Bible study every single day. So I'd always been kind of hit or miss. So I'd be like three months on, three months off, three months on, three months off. And I just started studying God's word every day. And then I could see my wife opening her Bible and reading her Bible every day. It's amazing what happens when you start out every single day with God's word. I just cannot tell you how much that matters because it kind of sets the tone and going, God has individually challenged you. Um, and just that intimacy that Tammy and I have, she'll say, well, what, what does this passage mean? Or what, what, what do you think about this? And uh, we, we, have, we have the opportunity to talk about things. And um, it's pretty powerful, you know, as we're able to come together with that and also the praying together. 
and praying for our marriage. I think going for me as the husband, going before God and saying, please bless our marriage, please watch over our marriage. Um, I think that was huge. I know it was super impactful about 10 years ago in our church when I just brought Tammy up on stage and prayed over her as my wife. Uh, a lot of people just thought, oh my gosh, because you know, here's people, you have sex together, you're naked together, right? You you know, you, you get diarrhea together, you know, all of the things about life. <laughs> we technically don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've not done that one. Just me. Maybe get ready for together. it, Steph. I'm just But, but Tammy, knows, Tammy knows when I'm sick. Let's say yes. that. I'm not going to throw her under the bus. I'll throw myself <laughs> under the bus. So, um, uh, although I did hold your hair when you puked with every single kid. That is true. She is a pro puker, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Like every day, every day. Like she's pro, like she's for it or she's good no, at it? she's I'm good at it. Got it. She, but yeah. against it. Good yeah. at it, but against so, it. So, you know, we, you know, and I mean, it's sad because, you know, she's growing your child inside of her and you're watching what it does to her. You're like, oh my gosh. You yeah, know? Sorry, I did that to you. Yeah. Imagine having the flu every day for like eight months. That's what she had. Mm, so, yeah. um, oh, so rough. But, you know, just growing through that and, um, I think I just think it's been incredible, just appreciating and, and loving each other, and I don't know. It's been awesome. I don't I don't want people to feel like we have a bad marriage. I, I love it. It's just challenging. We're, we're two very challenging, independent people, and I think that's what drew us together, and that's what's made us great. But it's also created unique challenges. So, mm-hmm. I, I think part of it, in looking back, is uh, there's so many young couples I talk to, and they're just like um, in in the mess of it. You know, part of us hitting our stride, like I said at the beginning, is maturity and time. But part of it, too, is there's something about that period of life where, you know, you have a kid getting up every hour of the night for six years. And, you know, that's just hard. It's a hard season. But what I would say to people is just stay in the season. Don't let that define who you are because that and Matt and I go to bed when we want. You know, we go out to dinner when we want. We could go out every night if we wanted. Our kids are all older. They can drive. Almost all of them can drive. You know, those each season is unique, um, but so many people fall apart in that season because it's just hard, and mm-hmm. you're really tired, and you're making your career, so you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of time, you don't have a lot of sleep, you don't have a lot of energy. It's just a hard season that has a lot, so much potential for growth. But if you, you know, if you sow in that season, it's going to grow when you're older and you, you, you know, we don't have to get up anymore. And, and part of that, that now we're rested. And so we're less cranky at each other. And now, yeah. you know, I mean, there's just something that time and space and maturity can do for you. Yeah. So like much. If, if Tammy and I watched your kids for the day, we'd need a week off. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> but that's your life every day. Yeah. yeah. You know what? My mother-in-law, she watched our kids for an hour and a half, all four of them at the same time for an hour and a half while we did a we had to go to the principal's office last week, and she she came home and said, <laughs> to Lynn, to "She's anymore. like, how did you, how do you do that?" And it was an it was an hour and a half. It was crazy. And then yeah, that like, puts a going, lot Tammy, of strain on relationship. Totally. It really does. That has nothing to do with the actual relationship. But if right. you're not careful, you think it's all about the relationship when really you're just super tired. Oh yeah. Well, I want to come home for, at the end of the day and like hug my wife and touch her and all those yeah. other things. And she's like, "Can somebody please stop touching me now?" Yeah, yeah. All day long, people have been grabbing on me and saying, so, like, "Right, mm-hmm. right." It's just there's <sighs> that season is really hard and it can't, you know. And the other part about stride too. You have to want it. I think I see a lot of couples been married much longer than Matt and I, perfectly content to kind of be strangers, but you're married. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily bad. I think Matt and I both, though, um, hopefully he agrees with this. Like, we don't want to settle for just not having a bad marriage mm-hmm. or or an okay marriage. Like, again, I said this earlier, like, this is your one life. Like, I really want us to love being together and it doesn't happen every day, but I want us to be great, not just be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I th- think most people use that advice though. And they think, well, I need to move on. So, but what you need to do is invest, you know, the grass is greener where you water it. I mean, that's just the reality. That's so true. Um, I just remember this one time I came home from work. I can't remember why I had to come home early and uh, the girls are both playing Polly Pockets <laughs> outside of the bathroom. And I'm like, where's your mom? And Madison's like, she's sick. She's in the bathroom. And I, I go up to the door. I'm like, babe, are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. I just needed some space. <laughs> she had locked herself in the bathroom. Yeah. And the girls, are, even the girls are right up against the door. Like they, they, they have to, I'm like, you have a whole house to play. And they're like, yeah, but mom's in there. <laughs> and she just needed, she's just like, I need, I, need a, I need a physical wall between me and my children for just a few minutes. And they had all their Polly Pockets all, they were these little tiny girl action figures all yeah, yeah. over the... 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, poor woman. You know, in that season that. of life, you're doing everything you do for yourself. Like for me, times five. I'm doing five laundries, five cookings, five cleanings, five everything. Now everybody does their own stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm back to like I have time and space and and all of that gives me capacity to not want to rip heads off that don't deserve to be ripped off. <laughs> All right. So kind of wrapping up here now, one of the like very unique factors in your relationship is you guys started a church together. So you've been co-workers for almost 20 years ago, pretty much too. your entire marriage. <laughs> um, how did, how did that first come up really in your marriage? Like what was the first conversation of, I want to plan a church and how has that looked? Because if Sandals Church started in September of 97, probably some of these key conversations and moving towards starting Sandals Church are like right now, 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, we say Sandals started September 97. You know, that's not really true. I told my pastor I wanted to plant a church someday in September of 97, and he gave me two weeks notice. So <laughs> that, so it was kind of, you know, we had a small group Bible study. We had some people over, but the official launch was January 1st of, or not 1st, but the first week of January in 2018. We just didn't know how to do of it. Of 98. Yeah, of 98. <laughs> so there wasn't, there wasn't... um you know, there wasn't a lot of prep that went into the starting of the church. It was just God's mercy and God's grace. Um, you know, and again, so the early years, Tammy worked full time to support the church. That's what she did. She went to work every day. She got hired and she was a teacher. And I mean, she was our, our health benefits and everything like that. And, um, you know, when uh, Tammy quit working, the church did, still didn't provide health benefits. So her grandparents paid for our health care mm-hmm. for the next couple of years before the church could afford it. So, um, you know, kind of what we did was kind of a tag team. Um, mm-hmm. Tammy's more involved now than she was then because she had two kids and then three kids. Um, she was working full time. Uh, so she's been able to participate more, but, um, you know, she's been an integral part of the whole thing throughout the process. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been challenging because, you know, you work so much at home and then you work together at work. And, you know, we were talking last night, it, it's unique, you know, at the home, you know, we're, we're much more egalitarian than we are at, at church. Um, and that's not that I don't listen to Tammy, but God has anointed me the leader of this church. He's called me to lead and he'll hold me accountable for leadership. So we've had to learn that balance because sometimes Tammy will see things before I do. And it's usually character issues and character qualities in people. And over the years, you know, years ago, we hired this guy and my wife's like, that dude's a creeper. You need to let him go. And I should have listened to her because he ended up having an affair on his wife. And it was just really, really rough and bad for the church. Um, and she called it, man. She called it day one. She's like, that guy's something's wrong with that guy. And, um, I need to learn to listen, you know, to her more. And, um, I think she's had to learn how to be, uh, more strategic in offering her advice, uh, in that way. Yeah. I don't know that I think of it as like being coworkers necessarily. In those early years, I was working all the time, then come home, have the girls, um, and I would plan. I'm I'm a little bit more like Matt's a very visionary person, and I'm more like, okay, here's what we need to do to make what you just said happen. And I would do that. There was some other people too. Um, over the years, there's been times where I'm more involved when I wasn't on staff, when I was on staff. Um, that, but now we, you know, I'll speak into a lot of things with Matt and. I let him go from there, what he wants to do with it or not. He, you know, he is the leader and I trust him with that. And I also trust that he, I try to speak in only things that I really think are important instead of every little thing. Cause then he knows when I do speak into it to maybe listen, cause I'm not speaking to everything. But as far as literal work goes, you know, I am on staff here, but I don't report to Matt. Mm-hmm. I have Dan Zambardi is my, my boss. I talk to Dan. I try to do all of that. So that my my work stuff is work stuff, and then my pastor pastor's wife stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a different. It's a weird thing, but we're I don't know. We we seem to be pretty good partners. Like we part. I I consider us really good partners, which I think is what makes a marriage. If you think of it mm-hmm. like that, is we partner with the kids. You know, there's no there's not these set. You know, you always cook dinner. We would never eat if that was the case. <laughs> I cook a lot of dinner. That comes home. Bring, he brings home the bacon and he cooks it. That's awesome. Um, and I fry it up in the pan. <laughs> Bam. It's true. Like we we appreciate what each other's strengths are. My cooking every night <laughs> is not a strength, but um, you know, we just partner. Like we like who can do who can do it better at that time? Who has more capacity at that time? Instead of going, well, that's. Even if I have capacity, that's my not my thing to do. And I think that we're kind of that way here too. We, you know, we just do and be wherever we feel like God's having us 
do and be during that time. I don't know. If that so, you, so you guys didn't just plant a church and, and start a church together. You planted one with this real specific vision of, of being <laughs> real, right? Uh, and Tammy, I want to ask you this question because I think a lot of us who are on the team here at Sandals Church or have been a part of Sandals Church for a long time, everybody loves that Pastor Matt being real helps them feel like they can connect with God. Mm-hmm. And But a lot of times, like even on the show, you guys are sharing expense, real things about your, your marriage and those <laughs> kinds of things. Even episode 50, I thought it was hilarious. You know, Pastor Matt was sharing. He's like, you know, my core struggle is number three and Tammy's is number six, you know, like, and he just was <laughs> calling in, sharing out some of those things for you. What has that been like for you? I, I think obviously you've come to a place where you help and support Pastor Matt being real mm-hmm. because he continues to move in that direction. But what has that part been like for you? Because I don't think any of us might ever think about what that would look like. Um, I think a, a part of me that people who know me well is I, I have, I definitely have like the gift of discernment and truth, which is prophecy and so the being real for me is when when things are to my perception even the 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 tiniest bit off of what I would perceive to be not real I have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we joke that most people want to ignore elephants in the room and I can't not acknowledge ants in the room. You know, which again <laughs> goes back to our families of origin. We never mm-hmm. had real conversations. We never talked about really real things. Everything was fine. It wasn't fine. Um so the vision comes you know, is really birthed out of us when Matt would be one way in college and I would be like, oh, I wish that was my my boyfriend, the way you acted on stage or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it really comes from from that. So I don't really know any different. There's there's only been a hand like a handful, a small handful of times where Matt has shared something from stage that I felt either uncomfortable about or I felt like I was hearing it for the first time um, that were hard for me. I was like, I had no idea you were struggling with that, but I just heard it with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is not okay. There's mm. only been a couple of those, but in 20 years, maybe three mm-hmm. or four times, um, that's been hard. But for the most part, and I think this for our kids too, you know, that's kind of been our life. We don't know any different. And I, you know, for anything that I might feel embarrassed or exposed about, I feel better knowing if it's going to help somebody else because I think that you know things in secret tend to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Things brought into the light can diminish, and that's where God can do work. And and there's so many times, overwhelming amounts of times, where people will say, "When you shared this, I I found such healing, or I found whatever." And you know, I don't know. I just I I can't I am just wired that way where I couldn't be our real self so it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't really bother me. Yeah, I think Tammy's been a great partner in that with the kids. Um, I've learned you have to ask permission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they have to they have to be okay with what you're sharing because one of them and one of the yeah. the kids in particular does not love the yeah. the notoriety or being the story or you know like we don't do a lot of things on if ever on stage as a family and it's because one of the kids mm-hmm. like, don't, don't look at me. I don't no Thanks. I don't need to be on the stage. I don't want to be on stage. And we want to honor that for them because mm-hmm. they get enough, you know, of that just yeah. in everyday life. But with, with them, we be, we're a little more careful. Totally. Well, Hey, I want to say thank you to you personally for being as cool about that as you are and supporting Pastor Matt in that way mm-hmm. uh, on behalf of Really, everybody at Sandals yeah. Church, but also me really personally, because I think his ability to be real in front of our whole church and in all these contexts, debrief, sermons, mm-hmm. every time he's talking somewhere uh, is is really huge and been a game changer. And you were a supporter of that. So thank you very much for being cool about that. All right, <laughs> it's you guys at our have... expense. We hope everybody's well, yeah, good at exactly. our expense. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we're saying. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you guys have any closing lovely thoughts here for yeah, the Valentine's Yeah, I would just episode? say, um, I think that God gave me the vision to be real, but God gave me Tammy to help me to learn how to be real. Mm. So I think that, you know, vision, vision without application is, is, is nothing. And so God gave me the partner in life. Um, who can't help it. Who can't help it. I mean, that's just the way God made her is that she needs to identify the ants in my life. And that's very, been very helpful. He's so thankful for that. That was awesome. Well, hey, this is a great, great show. If you want to get the show notes, Pastor Matt talked about a couple of books and things like that. If you want to find links to those, you can find those all online at our website, mm-hmm. debrief.show slash 53. And you can find us really all over the internet. Yeah, we're everywhere. So you can go, <laughs> just go search for yeah. the debrief show everywhere. Uh, maybe especially on YouTube. Oh, we yeah. just This is our third video episode, so you can Sorry, search it up over there. You can channel. see some of these conversation hearts we've uh, lovingly laid out for you guys to yeah. set the mood for Valentine's. You can Valentine's. find us on Facebook and send us questions there. Same at debrief.show. We would love to get those questions in. We can keep 
continuing conversations like this. So. Totally, exactly. If you've got a specific question about marriage, relationships, whatever, even one for Tammy, send them in and we'll stockpile them up and we'll bring you back for another we'll future episode. We'll answer all of those, honestly. <laughs> yes, exactly. We'll just have like a girls-only episode and we'll, we'll go through all of that. So. You know what? You that guys, can, actually you guys, really can, you guys know, can do a right? show together. Pastor Matt and I will walk over to the Mission Inn and we'll yeah, show well, you guys to the Mission Inn. We're going to go uh, During take your date, your mandate. Yeah, and then we'll have some Mexican food together for lunch. It'll be great. You guys, I hope that show goes awesome. <laughs> Hey, if you want to support Sandals Church and uh, the work that God is doing here, helping people be real, this show, as well as launching new locations, and we've got some other new locations where uh, if you have been at Sandals Church this last weekend, you just heard some really exciting news. So if you want to be a part of doing all this, uh, joining God in all of this cool work, man, we would appreciate it if you would support Sandals Church. One of the easiest ways for you guys to do that, especially those of y'all who don't attend Sandals Church but listen to the show here, is by texting uh, Give Debrief to 951-900-4120. If you text Give Debrief to 951-900-4120. Even if you'd be willing to throw in a buck for this episode, uh, if all of us would do that together over time, it would be awesome. And maybe we can fund the launch of even more podcasts, even more campuses. It'd be awesome. So uh, that would be great. All right, let's get out of here. But before we do, we need to make sure that we understand some some more stuff that Christians say on a regular <laughs> basis. Can you help us out with that stuff? You know it. Learning Christian news. I think I'm learning Christian news. I really think so. Learning Christian news. I think I'm learning Christian news. I really think so. All right, Matt and Tammy, we'll do this because I picked a dating okay. term. Whoa. Oh. What do Christians we mean? We haven't dated in a long time. We haven't been daters. <laughs> we had a date last night. Oh, Are we going to give them okay. DTR? Oh, I was going to do intentional. Oh, okay. There what it do is. Christians what? mean when they say intentional? Like we hear all the time, like, oh, are you being intentional with her or is he being intentional with you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I actually use the word intentional all the time about. Yeah, so Real tell us what it means. I think it means you're making a make it in a priority. Whatever you're being like making that person a priority or that topic a priority or that goal a priority. You're being intentional about making that happen. Some things just don't happen. I, I say that to the kids all the time. Like you're not gonna just be close. It's not gonna just happen. You have to be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe maybe in dating it I don't I don't really know what it means in dating, like be intentional to spend time together. I don't think you have to be intentional when you're dating. You just want to be together. I think, I don't, I don't know what that means in dating, but. There you go, guys. You heard it from Tammy Brown. Just, just approach just dating, dating however you want. <laughs> just date. <laughs>